Hey everybody, and welcome to another theme mini episode of Real Romance. My name is Robert, also known as Bamfing Bob, and here's my lovely wife, Brittany. Hi! This month's episode is going to focus on storytelling and the way that film sometimes uses old stories to create new and exciting retellings of classics. Brittany's done some extensive research on this. Very extensive. Whole hour. Yes, and so we want to make sure that we, we can cover as much as we can in the half an hour that we have, so let's jump straight in. If you like movies or books or just listening to your friends tell stories, you like storytelling. Basically, storytelling is one of the oldest pieces of culture to exist. There are drawings on cave walls that are ancient, and that was a form of storytelling. Um, most storytelling in the beginning was oral, as we would sit around the fire. I, I, I'm assuming, like, I, I wasn't was this, there. Was this pre-fire? Or, or? <laughs> it might be pre-fire, I don't know. But, you know, we tell stories about, even if it's just like, well, this happened to me. Uh, so, you know, I went fishing and caught this giant fish, and you tell the story about how you caught a giant fish, like... And then it becomes a serpent, and then it becomes a dragon, and suddenly Loch Ness exists. Right. So, storytelling is as old as man, pretty much. I mean, who knows? Maybe dolphins tell each other stories. I don't know. Like, they communicate. There's no way for us to know. We don't speak dolphin. Yeah. I mean, we know they have names, which is pretty cool. Do you know they name each other? Really? They, yeah. They, they, they click over, they're like, hey, hey, get over here. Yeah. <laughs> get the hell over here. Yeah, they have names. Huh. I think that's pretty interesting. Basically, self-knowledge is the root of all storytelling. And so that kind of leads us to tell some of the same stories over and over again, because the basic frames of our society haven't changed. Like, there are still lessons to be told from old stories. Right. And, but you have things like, you know, love... And war, conflict. Grief. Yeah, like, the, these are things that are going to pop up regardless of what kind of story you tell, because that's what's relatable. I mean, stories are found in every culture. The story of Cinderella is literally found in every culture. It's different, but it's the same basic story in every mm -hmm. single culture. We're not really sure where it originally popped up. I have a, an interesting quote to start us off. Um, it's Mark, a Mark Twain quote. And it says, there's no such thing as a new idea. It is impossible. We simply take a lot of old ideas and put them into a sort of mental kaleidoscope. We give them a turn and they make new and curious combinations. Wow. Fascinating. It kind of leads us into what we watch. Right, because the whole idea of this wasn't like, you know, oh, they, they remade uh, Snow White again. Right? We wanted to see, like, really unique stories that came from a specific... Tale. Tale. So, let's start it off with um, an older movie uh, called Forbidden Planet, which was came out in 1956, and it is based on Shakespeare's The Tempest. I mean, loosely, but I do know that the sequel was a stronger... There's a sequel to Forbidden Planet? Yeah. But... What is it called? Another Forbidden Planet? <laughs> what the fuck? Like... I don't remember. <laughs> And it, it stars Leslie Nelson, who had a later career doing a lot of funny comedy stuff. But essentially, they arrive on this planet where they had these settlers, and most of them died out. But there was a really smart scientist. It's the name he goes by. It's not Prospero, like in The Tempest. Right. Um, it's, it's And not Mysterio. Morbius. Oh, yeah, like the <laughs> like, like the vampire. Yeah. No, and, uh, but Morbius was the only survivor on this planet, and he ended up having a young daughter, and they've been there for, like, well, his 15 years, right? His wife was a survivor, 
but then she died in childbirth. Right, and so they've been there for almost 20 years. Yeah, the daughter's a grown adult now. Yeah, even though she acts a lot like a child. Uh, well, she's never really right. interacted with other people. Society doesn't exist for her. There is a secondary group that came to see and check on these settlers, and no one is left. They arrive on the planet, and literally all that there is is there's this scientist, his daughter, and a robot that basically, like, is a superhero. Robbie the robot. Yeah, he can he can lift, you know, several hundred tons. He's, well, probably not that much, but... Well, he lifts a but, lot. But several tons. He can create food and, you know, materials out of nothing. Like, you put... A piece of an apple in his little compartment, and he can make you, like, a hundred apples. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. The, the basic story exists that there is a monster on the planet that kills off people. Anytime they try to leave. Right. And the only people who've really been able to beat it are the scientist and his daughter, because they don't really want to leave. In The Tempest, the story goes is there's a shipwreck, and there's a man and his daughter who get stuck on this island. Right. They were kind of leaving a bad situation with like the royals at home and so they are stuck on the island for a while and these other people come i forget exactly why the other group comes to the island but they find them and they uh they're planning to like take them over or something bring them back but then one of the people in charge falls in love with the daughter which also happens in forbidden planet there's like one woman she's really cute she's like 18 years old and they're like Mm, get some, right? They they well, all like keep follow for this young naive girl. She doesn't know any better. Then the men in this movie are really sexist, following her around, being like, "You shouldn't be wearing them short skirts, then, girly." Like she doesn't know. She's literally never met a man besides her dad. Yeah, and and they're like, "Let me show you how to kiss." It's like I I get what they were coming from because she needs to learn the ways of man. But, but come on, it's it's a little creepy. If there'd been another woman in this, like. Like, even the robot is a g- boy. Like, they couldn't give it, like, Robina? You had, you had Rosie the robot in the Jensen's. Maybe Rosie and Robbie could have had a nice little robot thing I'm going just saying, on. You don't know. Robbie's an OG, though. Oh, no. He's been in everything. He's, he's one of those kind of pop culture things that pops up all over the place. From the 50s all the way to the 2000s, he had appearances and things. But it's really interesting. So, in The Tempest, there's, like spirits and and different things that Prospero has control over. And in this, there's not there's no ghosts or spirits or anything. They're like big giant aliens. But they're dead and he has control of their technology. And Robbie the robot is kind of like one of the spirits in the original story. Like I said, it's loosely based, but it's a scientific interpretation of a Shakespeare story. Yeah, and so they they really leaned hard into the sci-fi. Like, they're like, well, you can take this really base story and just fill it with, you know, planets and aliens and robots and all this sci-fi tech. And isn't there a machine that, like, amplifies his yeah, that... his IQ to, like, create holograms and stuff? Yeah, it, like, doubles your IQ. And he didn't realize, but he... Spoiler alert. I mean, it's like... It's, it's a 70-year-old movie. He was creating the monster with his mind all along, subconsciously. Dun, dun, dun. So, but we do have to say that even though this was based on a Shakespeare play, Shakespeare plays were all based on other stories back in the day, too, so... Oh, yeah, I know. He's, like, one of those notorious story stealers, right? I mean, yeah. As you were saying, there really is no new idea. It's really just kind of playing off of 
other people's ideas, but putting your own little twist on it. Right. Shakespeare just happened to put a, a little twist on a lot of different things. Right? But, I mean, it, it didn't start with Shakespeare. It, it goes all the way back to, like, Homer and the Odyssey and the Iliad. And that kind of leads us into the, the next movie we watched, which was Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Now, I'll admit, I've seen this movie in the past multiple times, and I absolutely love it. It was kind of like a family favorite. But this is the first time you actually got the chance to see it. True. Uh, what is it about? It's about these three dudes who are in a prison chain gang. Is that yep. what that's called? Yeah. And they break out. And the guy tells them, George Clooney's character is like, listen, bruh, we, there's money. I stole a bunch of money, like 1.4 million or 1. something. 1.2. Okay, there's a bunch of money. Right, and this is, this is back in the 30s, so it is extremely... That's a lot of money. It's, it's worth it to break out of prison for a, a sum like this. Like, the split between the three of them would be enough money to fund them forever. Right. They're on this journey, and they meet this blind guy on what are, what are those railroad thingies called i don't know but a it, hand pump yeah things. it's 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 a hand track and he's blind and he tells them the prophecy he's gonna, you're gonna go on a great journey you're gonna encounter a lot of things you're gonna have obstacles and turmoil the treasure you seek is not the one you'll get but in the end you'll, you'll get through it and he's like the oracle right and so they go off and they're trying to find things and they encounter all sorts of different types of characters based on the Odyssey. You have uh, a man who sells his, sells his soul to the devil for the ability to play the guitar, and he's a lot like Orpheus. You have a blind or a one-eyed Bible salesman who is reminiscent of the Cyclops. There are sirens. There are gods, in a sense, that, you know, they're always chasing them down and making things hard. Well, the one guy is definitely supposed to be, like, the devil. Yeah. I guess that would be Hades. Yeah, and he has a, a hound, like a hellhound with him all the time. At its core, this is, like, yes, it's based on the Odyssey, but for me, it's a comedy. It has Babyface Nelson robbing banks. There's a big political uh, election going on between two really messed up people. George Nelson, Robert. George Nelson. My name is George Nelson, not Babyface. They're on the run, and they do all kinds of stuff, including they record a record. It's so popular that they're trying to find them to record a whole album. Right, they call themselves the Soggy Bottom Boys. They're on the run from the law, and even one of them ends up getting turned into a horny toad. But really, he just gets abducted by the police. Because they meet sirens and everything. Right, and and he gets whipped into submission, and he ends up giving up their whole plan to retrieve the treasure. We find out near the end of the movie that there really is no treasure. It's just George Clooney trying to stop the the wedding of his wife to another man while he's been in prison. Which is kind of like what happens to uh, Odysseus's wife in the story. She's trying to fight off suitors. While, while he's on his way back from his, his big journey. Odysseus is a uh, kind of a jerk, though. He just, like, he has no pressing need to get home. He just stops and hangs out. He hangs out with uh, Calypso for, like, yeah. a while. But even then, like, and this is one thing that this movie changes, is, like, his whole, his motivation is to get home to his wife and stop the, the marriage. But in the Odyssey, he's just, like, trying to survive. I suppose. You know? they Like, they remain with... Cersei, I think it was, for like a whole year. Yeah. 
there's not a big rush, but this one, they they have a very strict time constraint. They, they only have a couple of days to do it. I mean, the actors they choose for the main three are absolutely hilarious. They have great comic timing. The delivery's great. But the overall story, you look at it, and you're like, even though it is kind of a funny, old-timey thing, this really is like the Odyssey. And they even have a quote from the Odyssey at the very beginning. And it's just a really, really good film that expresses what we're trying to do, is retell an old story in a brand new way that's relatable to the modern masses. From there, we kind of moved away from... I mean, not away from stories or anything, but we moved toward fairy tales. Right, because that's kind of the most retold and recurring thing that we have right now. Disney is a big part of that, but even before then, we had Hans Christian Andersen and the Grimm Brothers. And Aethop. Is that how you say that? A-E-T-H-O-P? Aesop. Okay, so it's spelled with an S, but even so, I still thought it was Aesop, but apparently it's Aesop. Apparently the A don't matter. I don't know. English is fun. Well, I mean, anyway, sure if that's English. No, it's Greek, stupid. Hmm. He recorded the first written fairy tale that we can find record of in the 6th century. But fairy tales have been around for, like... Much longer. A long time. I mean, the Irish, my ancestors, have been telling stories of the fey folk for as long as they've been Irish. I mean... <laughs> Forever. <laughs> no, but even before then, like, I, we made... The point in our discussion earlier about like mythology being a fairy tale or not, but really, it's the basis of modern day superhero films. But back then, even it was kind of a fairy tale. It was fantasy. It dealt with a lot of mystical things. Yeah, it's morals. Kind of, Greek mythology is kind of more religious, but at the same time, it is also fairy tales mixed in there because there are fairies and sprites and and wind spirits and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, most stories are kind of based in fairy tale, if you think about it. Bards used to go around telling them, um, like, singing them, and then they started adding more musicians to their act, and then they added, like, actors. So that's how kind of we, you know, started with plays and and reenacting. I mean, even Shakespeare has fairy tales involved Mm -hmm. in his stories. But over time, it it started to get more and more family-friendly because they'd be performing for the masses. Right? Because you're performing it in the public square, you can't be talking about, like, rape and incest and murder. They had to kind of soften it up for kids, well, right? Well, yeah. Originally, fairy tales were very bloody. Like, there was lots of murder, and there was, like, well, if you trust strangers, they're going to kill you. Like, mm-hmm. if you have sex with someone before marriage, like, bad things are going to happen to you. Like, you start to see, you know, Grimm and then Disney, and they're, they start lightening it up and lightening it up. But then the next movie on our list actually kind of goes back. And this one's called Freeway. I'd never heard of this one before. But it is a modern story based. I mean, actually strongly based. But I mean, if you watch the opening credit sequence... It's all about Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. And that's the basis of the story. So, and in that shell, there's a killer. And he keeps pulling prostitutes and murdering them. Now, I don't know if they did this on purpose, but they call him the I-5 killer in the movie. And there really was an I-5 serial killer. I assume so. Yeah. This movie starred Reese Witherspoon. And she plays, like, a 17 or 18-year-old girl whose mom she has is to be a under, crack whore. She has to be under the age of 18. Yeah, but... Um, no, she's really stupid. I don't want to say that, like, offensive. She really just... She, she can't read. She literally never got the chance to be properly educated. No, because, because her mother... 
Because she's it's quite literally a crack whore. Mm-hmm. She's been bouncing between all these different foster homes where she's been mistreated and abused and not properly taught. And she's had a really rough go of things. But currently she's living with her mom who's still turning tricks and she has a boyfriend who also smokes crack and they're not in a great situation and at all. he definitely molests her. Mm-hmm. There's a sting operation and they both get arrested. Reese Witherspoon's character is like, I'm gonna go find my grandma. Right, she says, screw living with with uh, friends here or going back into the foster system. I'm a grown-ass woman. I'll just hitchhike to grandma's house. So she meets Bob Wolverton, the wolf, played by Kiefer, Suther- Kiefer Sutherland. He, like, talks nice to her and buys her dinner and he's like, I'll take you to your grandma's. And, she, and he plays it like he is a child therapist and he has seen and heard all the most ridiculous, well, terrible he, stuff. He is a child therapist for a boys' school. He's, like, you know, trying to lure her into telling him all her secrets and then he uses that against her to try to, you know, rape and kill her on the side of the highway. Fortunately, her boyfriend gave her a gun. Oh, by the way, his name... Was, uh, what was it, Cutter? No, I think it was Chopper. Chopper. Like the like the wood chopper, who, you know, famously saves Little Red Riding Hood in the end. But that isn't the case here, because Chopper ends up getting shot in gang because violence. Because he gave his gun away. He didn't have his, his sidearm and ended up getting popped. She shoots this guy, Wolverton. Mm-hmm. Because he, he really is trying to rape her. And like, murder her. He mm-hmm. was going to chop her head off. And so she, like, jumps in the back seat and gets a gun to his head, shoots him. And then they pull off, and she shoots him, like, three more times in the back. And rather than call the police, because... Well, because she was originally going to make him go to the police station, but he convinced her that, the well, the police will never believe you. I'll just get off. He's probably not wrong. Yeah, no, and for most of the movie, it does look like he will absolutely get away with it. The police don't believe her when they finally catch her, because she stole his money, because she was like, well, what am I going to do? They're not going to believe me, so I'm just going to... He's dead. He won't kill any more girls, and I'm going to just try to get to my grandma's. Yeah, steal the car, steal the money, and go. She's not the brightest tool in the shed. But she's very blunt. She's very honest. They ask her what happened. She says, I'm not going to bullshit you. I'll tell you exactly what happened. You're just mad because I'm not telling you the things you want to hear. So she's in prison awaiting trial for uh, attacking this man, who is now deformed. Oh, man. Can we just say... They leaned into this wolf thing. They made his mouth really big and wide, and he's in a big head brace because it was a spinal injury, right? Right. She shot him in the back of the head. And so he's in this big contraption, his mouth and his eyes are all pulled to the side, and he needs a voice box. So he talks like this. Right? Mm-hmm. And so it kind of plays into the, you know, my, what a deep voice you have kind of feel that a right. wolf might have in the fairy tale. And his wife, Brooke Shields, is like, look what they did to my husband. Now his pecker don't even work. And she's laughing about it from prison. She's like, <laughs> good. She is, like, telling the, the police, like, he tried to kill me. He was going to kill me. He's your serial killer you've been looking for. Look, have there any, been any more murders? I told you. He did it. And the one police detective starts to believe her. Because things don't seem right. And it's like, why would she knowingly make up a story. Why is she telling it like this? Because even though she's got past offenses, they're not like this. They're like arson where nobody got hurt. Yeah, or shoplifting because she was... Hungry. Yeah. And obviously the police find all his, like, porn stash and all this stuff. And then they, they find out that there's evidence that he actually did do these murders. Well, there was, like, violent kid pornography and stuff and mm-hmm. human remains. And so they are going to go arrest him. But meanwhile, Reese Witherspoon ends up breaking out of prison... 
and they end up like killing the guards while they're doing a transfer from from one facility to another. She breaks out. She drives to her grandma's house. Wolverton is already there. He finds out that the police are onto him. He drives over there and he's like, "Well, fuck it. I'm gonna kill grandma and wait for this bitch, and then I'm gonna murder her too for ruining my life." Even though he ruined his old own life by being a a rapist murderer. Well, I didn't realize this in the movie. I guess it wasn't obvious enough for me. But his wife commits suicide after they find the body. In really? The... Yeah, I guess I was I mean, I, I know that she, like, ran upstairs, but I didn't put it together. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, that one was a pretty obvious for fairy tale retelling. Um, the next one is a little less obvious. You know how in your family there's, like, that one person that tells stories... And each time their story changes just a little bit and gets a little bit more ridiculous. And by they're, the end, it doesn't even resemble what actually happened. They're saying, like, did I tell you the story about the time I, I caught this fish and there was a sea monster? Like, Ghibli Studios really took that personally. <laughs> yeah, so this is a animated Japanese flick called Spirited Away. And was really popular. It came out in the early 2000s. It's not a direct... Alice like, in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. It's kind of a mix between Alex in Wonderland and uh, Wizard of Oz. There's a term for it, and it's called a, a portal fantasy, right? And that's essentially where you go through some sort of portal, and you enter a new world, and you spend the whole story trying to get back to yours, right? And that's essentially what happens here. Main character, they, they stumble onto a bridge. They go through this long bridge. When they get there, they've been hungry, and the parents start eating all this food. And they're wandering around, and it turns them into pigs, like, literal pigs. Oink, oink. Big, nasty pigs. And the little daughter is, like, freaking out. She ends up coming across another spirit, and they're like, Look, we can turn your parents back, but you're going to have to appeal to the, the witch lady. Right? I forget mm-hmm. what her name is. It's not Baba Yaga, but it's very similar. So, basically, the main character's name is Chihiro, but when she meets the old lady... Um, Yubaba. That's ba- what it was. Not Baba Yaga. <laughs> That's a different story. Baba Yaga. Now you got me doing it. Yubaba changes her name, and that's how she controls them, is she changes their name. And so the other spirit that uh, Chihiro met was named Haku, mm-hmm. and Haku doesn't remember his original name, and so that's how he's controlled. And he's been doing uh, Yubaba's bidding this whole time, right? trying he- to remember who he is. He's her apprentice. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like, all these different characters, like this giant baby, and Lynn is, like, her friend. Um, and she kind of, like, runs a bathhouse. There's just a lot of really interesting imagery. And you know how in Alice in Wonderland you have a whole cast of characters, right? You have the Cheshire Cat, the Caterpillar, Tweedledee Tweedledum, the White Rabbit, the Red Queen. There's right. just a Well, this, this movie has a whole cast of characters like that. And they all kind of vary between being a friend, like an ally, and an antagonist. Like, No Face is a really good example of this. This movie is kind of like, if you took Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland and put them together and made it Japanese. No Face, like, starts as a friend, but then ends up, like, eating people? Because he, like, kind of absorbs the feeling of people that are around him. And the greediness of the bathhouse employees is, like, absorbed by him. Mm -hmm. And so he becomes so greedy, he starts eating everything, including other people. And he starts, like, producing and giving them gold. And anybody who comes and tries to take his gold ends up getting eaten. Eventually, yeah. The main plot, though, is that she's trying to turn her parents back. And the only way she can do that is by working for Yubaba. Right, because Yubaba has to let her stay 
If she has a job. Right. Something that she agreed to. Mm -hmm. So she has to sign a contract, she works, and she ends up saving them from No-Face. Mm -hmm. But she also accidentally lets No-Face in, so it's kind of her fault. But she's a child. Yeah, you can't really blame her for that. Meanwhile, we find out Yababa has a twin sister. Zaniba. Yeah, and they they look exactly the same, but one of them is kind of a super nice old lady, and Yababa's just a, a mean witch. The big giant baby is actually Yababa's child, and when the baby cries, bad things happen. Yeah. Right? Lin is telling Chiharo to not trust Haku, and she's like, no, I, I like feel like I know him. Yeah, he's my friend. And basically, she goes on this journey to help save her pigs, yeah, her pig parents. Yeah. I mean, they're, they her, are her, pigs. they're her pigs to save, like, herself, and she is basically also trying to save Haku mm-hmm. and like her loyalty her love saves his life a lot of animated films are like really kid friendly but this one is scary it's kind of scary there's a lot of really even the good characters are like they're d- they're drawn like with a with a sense of dread kind of like a dark fairy tale type thing I um, feel like there's blood there's not excessive gore but it's definitely Japanese kids must be like built different than than <laughs> I like, their childhood must have been very different than mine, because that kind of stuff has scared me, but I feel like a lot of their cartoons that I've seen look like this. I oh, obviously, a- anime is rough. Like, I... Well, anime isn't necessarily, like, what I mean, but, like, even, like, their all their kids' movies look scary. Like, and their horror movies are way creepier than ours. Yeah, and like, that's why, like, a lot of our remakes are based on Korean and Japanese films. Japanese people are just like, yeah, there's houses that have ghosts in them all the time. Like, if you say that to Americans, like, a lot of us would be like, all right, crazy. They have, like, a whole culture over there where they sell, like, haunted houses, like, for cheaper. Like, if you don't mind living. And, I mean, I don't know if that's just solely a Japanese thing or if it's something that happens in Asia on the regular. But they're a lot more spiritual, like, minded than we are. Yeah. Yeah, I guess Western culture thinks about, oh, you know... You're, you, when you die, your soul is raised to, up to heaven, or you go to hell, right? And there's really no in between. But a lot of other cultures believe more in spirits lingering, remaining, reincarnation, well, I think, things um, like that. Didn't we see that in China, this movie is banned because they don't believe it, they don't like let superstitious stuff be shown in like the media and say stuff like that? Yeah, I think so. I think you mentioned that. But this movie creepy, and basically the world she is in is the spirit world. Yeah. Like, this is where the spirits come to, like, get refreshed. Yeah, and that's why they have they have food and buffets. They have bathhouses. They have spas. Then they, they come, they eat, they, they leave. leave. <laughs> so, but I really like this movie. It was really good. I think every one movie we picked this month was pretty good. Like, it was all different. And mm-hmm. Like, Forbidden Planet was a different feel than what we're used to. But, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, Spirited Away, and... Freeway, they were all very unique and fun to watch, and I got a lot out of them. That's what fairy tales are for. Fairy tales and stories, like, they're they're basically the truest form of story, is fairy tales just break everything down to their essence, and they add all these magic and, and different things to kind of make you feel things. And, and stories are really the way we connect with the world right. around us. Because there's, like, there's three main parts, right? There's a cause, there's an effect, and there's a moral, right? You did this thing... This is what happened, and this is what you learned from it. Right. And that that's the overarching thing. And it's not just these movies. There's a ton of other movies. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I have a whole list of movies. Literally, 
I mean, you've got Lion King is based on Hamlet, which I'm sure is based on something else. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, West Side Story. Oh, I love West Side which Story. that's Romeo and Juliet. Mm-hmm. And then Treasure Planet, which is based on Treasure Island. That's one of your favorites. I love Treasure Planet. If you haven't seen Treasure Planet, what are you doing with your life? No, Disney's kind of notorious for remaking a lot of things. Like, it's not all 100% the same, but you have, you know, Frozen, Tangled, If you think about it, Aladdin. Atlantis is based about, like, old stories about Atlantis. Like, those are maybe not, like, a a classic fairy tale or anything, but there are a lot of ancient stories about the city of Atlantis and that went into the sea and people looking for it. But Mulan is a great example, too, because the first time when they animated it, they Disney-fied it and made it more musical and animated and fun with the talking dragon. But then when they remade it again last year, they kind of tried to go back to its roots a little bit more and involve, like, mysticism and things like that. I don't feel like it went... Like, they changed it too much, but not enough towards the original story, in my opinion. Because I've heard the original story, and that's not how it goes. But you know what I mean? Like, they're interpreting it different ways, but still trying to retell the same story. Well, and then you've got a billion and a half Cinderella (laughs) movies. Not just the ones titled Cinderella, but you've even got... What, like, like, with Hilary Duff and the like? Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, Made in Manhattan mm, is a yeah. Cinderella story. Pretty Woman. Ella Enchanted yeah. is kind of a Cinderella story. Um, and then you've got other movies, like Romeo and Juliet. Is obvi- That one's pretty obvious. But mm-hmm. then you've got, like, Ten Things I Hate About You, which is um, based on The Taming of the Shrew. Mm-hmm. And then you've even got, like, biblical retellings, like Mother. Yeah, and Jesus Christ Superstar. Well, Noah. Noah is kind of a retelling, even if it's bad. I've never seen it, but I I know it's a retelling well, of the Noah's. You know, a uh, Bruce Almighty well, and Evan yeah, Almighty. That's, that's true. There's those too, right? Like that. There's all sorts of ways that people try to take a classic tale or story and they put a modern or different twist well, on it. If you think about it, Bedazzled is kind of a tale about the devil. Mm-hmm. Only she cute. She is cute. Why wouldn't the devil be cute? I'm sorry, but no, even. Female or male, the devil's going to be hot. Like, that just doesn't make any sense for also, them not to be. Speak speaking of bedazzled, I just want to say to everybody that we're definitely a part of the renaissance. We definitely want to see Brendan Fraser actually come back to movies and do good. Because we feel like what happened to him was absolutely terrible. And they should make a Mummy 4. That's and, all I got to say and I want him. That. I want him to join the MCU in some fashion. Yeah, we, we're really uh, pushing for him to be... Uh, I want him to be Beast. Beast, yeah, that's it. I think he'd be a super fun scientist. We're probably the only ones out there like, Brendan Fraser as Beast. But fuck it, if y'all can have 18,000 fan casts for the Fantastic Four, I can I can want my, you know, Brendan Fraser to be <laughs> Hank McCoy. Marvel movies are always retelling stuff. Mm-hmm. All the time. They retell each other, they retell the comics, and the comics are just retellings of old myths. Hell, in Thor Ragnarok, they retell Thor Dark World. Starring Matt, or starring Matt Damon. I forgot about that. But back to the point. Storytelling is just super essential to our mental health and the way we connect to each other. There's a really interesting study they did um, where they showed these 34, I think they were all students, but it could have been any of us, and they showed them this little short film. And basically there was two triangles, one bigger and one smaller, and they were like kind of moving around each other and then there was a circle kind of moving in a different way but still moving next to them and then there was like a square with like one side open. And, and what was this like it was animated but did it have like any music or voices or anything or was it just strictly the I shapes? I think it was just the little shapes. Okay. As far as I know, I've not seen it. But essentially, they asked them 
Well, what happened in the film you watched? Only one of them out of the 34 said, well, you know, there were triangles and a circle and a square. Like, that... But everyone else had just these elaborate backstories. And the most popular backstory for them was something revolving around the fact that the two triangles were men fighting. And then the circle was a woman. And she was, like, freaking out about the fight. And the square was, like, a building that they'd just come out of. Like, it was just kind of elaborate. And some gave, like, really elaborate details to this story. And it just kind of goes to show that even out of the simplest drawings, the simplest pieces of art, we can create stories. And I think that'll pretty much wrap us up on the idea that we grow and grow and grow, but at the same token, we stay pretty we stay pr- the pretty same. basic. I mean, stories help us understand the world around us and our fears and our concerns and love and grief. We use them to understand everything about us and each other. And so it's really, does it makes sense that we tell the same stories over and over again in different ways, but the same. The, I mean, the internet in and of itself is a new form of storytelling. Yes. It's a non-linear, ongoing, like, all-encompassing storytelling. Like, you can have people tweeting stuff about a story, and then there'll be a video about that same story, and then there's pictures that come out of that, and we turn those into memes. And Right, and no, and the thing is, is, like, if there's, like, one particular meme or something that people know about, like, what are those, right, or something like that, there are things that build off of that, and you can relate to people because they also have knowledge of that same thing. And then it pops up in Black Panther, and suddenly everybody's doing it. Hey, we don't think of that as storytelling, but it is in a way. Like, it's just modern. It's a modern form of storytelling. Follow us on Twitter at Real Romance UCPN, TikTok, Instagram at Real Romance. We also have email realromancepod at gmail.com. And if you want to get a hold of us personally, Brittany's at BookNerd528 on Instagram. I'm at BamfingBob on Twitter. Undercover Capes, which is our host network, you know us, you love us. We have all sorts of fun stuff. Uh, just follow us on Undercover Capes. On Twitter and everywhere else. On any form, wherever you listen to this. Yeah, make sure you follow Undercover Capes. That way you're up to date with when we're dropping. Usually we drop three times a month. This month is kind of weird because we we skipped a week in order to finish WandaVision. But next week we should have one more episode coming out to finish off the month of March. And then we'll jump straight into all of our April goodness with the the new batch of movies. Right, the new streamies. Mm. Or another couch potatoes now. So, yeah. You know, they don't have to all be streaming now because they're couch potatoes. Right. We can do whatever we want. It doesn't have to be streamed. I mean, we could always do whatever we want. Right. Because it's our podcast. We do what we want. That's the end of the show. Like us. Follow us. Comment if you want to. And overall, just remember to keep it real. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Romance Season 3. Remember to follow us on all of our social media accounts and our affiliates at Undercover Capes Podcast Network and Comic Crusaders.